into his box. He just runs right in the pack. Oh, I wonder if he's got damage. Look at that tire. Almost went into the into the crowd as well. Almost went onto the front straightaway. Elio trying to get sneaky. And then... Laurie Rose, the two-time winner, takes the lead from Faulkner. That's the way they finish the first lap. So we're joined first by Cody Ware making his IndyCar debut. You got a practice, uh, you got a testing session in two weeks ago or so. Do you, uh, how, how are the nerves feeling right now on Friday afternoon? Yeah, a little nervous. I think once I hop in the car, that'll get rid of some of the jitters. But, um, you know, just really cool to be here. I think this is a pretty ideal place to make a debut. You know, lots of place to just kind of learn and stay out of the way. So uh, I think we made a good call coming here to Road America. How was testing uh, recently? Testing went pretty good. You know, I think the biggest thing is just uh, learning to trust some more of the downforce components. Obviously, uh, tested at Sebring earlier in the year, but um, not a whole lot of downforce elements at a place like that. So just learning to uh, kind of work on the car, having to dial some of the understeer that we built into the car from a comfort standpoint to get acclimated to the Indy car. But I'm pretty confident that we'll at least be able to, you know, get it, work our way up through the weekend. So, Yeah, glad to have you in Indy car. Welcome to the paddock. Uh, what do you see your biggest hurdle for the weekend as far as just getting a good result? I think, um, I think my biggest struggle is definitely going to be qualifying. You know, obviously... Um, never having driven these cars, not especially not the option tires either. You know, being able to lay down a lap like that's going to be a new experience for me. But um, I think that uh, learning how these cars handle, you know, on restarts in dirty air and things like that's going to be a pretty big adjustment for me. Obviously, even even in a Cup car, there's very little downforce elements that, that take place except for on the super speedways. So to uh, learn how the front end of the car changes with less air getting on the wing and stuff like that, it's going to be, uh, you know, a big learning curve. But uh, I think once we're in clean air, it's just about making laps and staying on the racetrack. So, on the other hand, we have Ryan Eversley, who is making his cup debut in a couple weeks. I saw you comment on that earlier. What can you say about Ryan and his ability to uh, adapt to a cup car pretty quick? I think he won't have a problem. I mean, I've known Ryan for six, seven years now, and uh, obviously as a, fa- as a factory Honda Acura guy, I think um, he's going to have no problem adjusting. I think the biggest thing he's going to notice is how crappy the brakes are in a stock car compared to anything he's ever driven, you know, between ABS and carbon ceramics and thing like, things like that. So other than that, I mean, at a place like this, you really couldn't pick a more fun place to drive a stock car. I think that here in mid-Ohio are two of the best places to drive a stock car on a road course, so I think it's going to make for a good weekend for him. All right, so this one's for my brother. He's a huge anime nerd. Uh, so what are, what are you currently, if you are you know, watching or reading or, or whatnot, do you have any suggestions for him that I should point in his direction? Yeah, so I've been watching Jujutsu Kaisen, which is like a new one. It just came out uh, this past season. So I've been watching that. I've actually gone back and started watching Inuyasha, so like pretty big throwback. But, um, yeah, that's what I've been watching right now lately. I'll For sure. Awesome. Good luck this weekend, man. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Joined now by Graham Rahal. Graham, it's Friday afternoon. You've got a unique weekend in. Finally, we have multiple practice sessions before a race and also a practice session after qualifying instead of Sunday morning. How's that go about setting up your weekend strategy-wise? Well, I don't think it changes anything too much. I mean, 
you know, I think we kind of keep things as basic as we can, which is when a session comes, you're, you're prepared for it. You have your checklist of items that you need to go through, and you move on. So, you know, for us tomorrow, I think on a Saturday is going to be a busy day. you got to practice in the morning, qualify, and then practice again. But uh, I think, it, I think you know, that, that works well. In fact, I think having practice today helps us because the last little while we haven't had that. It's kind of been show up and go, and so at least we can try some things this afternoon. So as far as complete teams, in my opinion, I'd say the team that you're on is third in my book, which I think is something that maybe others wouldn't agree with. So where would you kind of rank where you guys are at as a whole compared to some of the others on the grid? Well, I mean, we've been very good. Um, I think we've, we've been great this year. If you look at our, uh, you know, you look at our results, uh, we've been top five absolutely everywhere except for one, which is, uh, you know, Detroit and then. You know, even if you look at Indy and you look at St. Pete, we were still in the top five and had, you know, mishaps. But if you look across the board, um, I don't know that anybody's been consistently that good. The downside is we, we haven't been able to win races and, you know, we made our mistakes. So it's um, it, it's I think the team's very well prepared. I think the boys have done an excellent job. The pit stops have improved massively. They were the best in the pits last week at Detroit and got the the uh, the award for that so i think um you know they've been pretty locked in with everything they've been been doing so yes i do think that we're strong um but do you think other guys like this guy standing to my left you know i think you know schmidt is uh freaking impressive this year the pace of the cars um you know i would say on average they've probably been the best team um you know ganassi right there and and uh, we've been as i said we've been solid we just need to we need the, the two mishaps that we have cost us a lot so Sunday's weather looking a little dicey for the race time. Does, does that play into practice strategy at all and seeing how different downforces work in the weather? Not particularly, no. We need to do what we need to do. We'll, we'll go out and run and be, be the best that we can for the sessions that we have. And, again, qualifying is important. We're going to try to qualify well. If it rains Sunday afternoon, it rains Sunday afternoon, and we'll approach that when it comes. It seems to be pushing later and later. I haven't looked this morning yet, but the last I saw yesterday, it was kind of 3, 4 o'clock. We should be okay, but we'll see how it all plays out. So last question for me. You had Santino Ferrucci for the last couple weeks. What did he bring from the team, and were you able to learn anything from his uh, ultra-aggressive driving style? Well, I don't learn anything from it personally, but, uh, you know, I think he learned a lot um, in a couple of weeks. You know, he's always been ultra-aggressive, and Santino's always done a good job you know, harnessing that, but not having the, the issues. Obviously, the last couple of weeks at Indy and Detroit were hard on the team. I mean, to have those two accidents, that's I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That's that's yeah. not good for the organization, not good for our team. Um, so I think he's he's learned from that. And, um, you know, for us this weekend, I just hope it gets back to a fairly ordinary weekend. Um, you know, try to get the high V car up front, hope Takuma has a great weekend, and go from there. We enjoyed having him. Um, you know, I like Santino. Uh, I, I, I hope that he's got a long career in this. Uh, but certainly, you know, it was tough. Th- those couple weekends were tough on the organization. Last one for me. I don't know how much free time you have nowadays, but do you have any uh, must-binge shows that you want to tell fans about that you're binging right now or anything like that? I don't watch TV, man. If it's not an Ohio State game or, <laughs> oh, or, okay. or a hockey game right now, there's no shows for me. Let me redirect that then. I'm a Bears fan. Am I supposed to be super jacked right now? I think you should be pretty excited. I feel I, I was I was with Bears fans yesterday, and I told them I'm still convinced I was the steal of the draft. So I'm I'm hyped. I think you'll be just fine. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Good luck, man. man. Thanks. 
Joined now by Connor Daly, heading into Friday practice. How are you feeling this weekend? I mean, honestly, pretty good. I think, um, I mean, we, our car has, has really taken a lot of great steps forward. I think we were actually, like, quite fast to Detroit in the race, which is good. And obviously, we qualified well. Race two, race one, we messed up a little bit. But uh, in general, like, we have been making the right steps. It's just in the race, we just have not had anything go our way at all. So, like, and, I mean, it was literally the same thing that happened to so many people on Sunday. Like, Rena started third and finished 18th. Like, it's not like he forgot how to drive during the race. You know what I mean? Like, you just get bogged down in certain areas. So, um, so yeah, I think we're really, really confident now with, like, where our car is. So, I think we should be able to take advantage of that, um, which is kind of exciting. Like, I feel much better now, like, going into the races instead of, like, trying to find something. Like, we're looking into the air from some magic. Yeah, I guess I kind of asked this earlier to another driver. So have, did you step on, like, an Indian burial ground in the off season, or walk under a ladder? Or? Something like that. I don't know. It's just weird. Like, But I just see – see, you look at the results, and you're like, I, like, sometimes you're like, I didn't see any of those people the whole race. Like, how did that even happen? You know what I mean? And it's just – but that's just – that's the kind of the weird and exciting part about IndyCar is, like, you really can come from anywhere. And, like, especially at Detroit, I, I think our engineer said before, he's like, I actually hate that we're starting in, like towards the front. And I was like, yeah, I know, me too. It's like Detroit never seems like that's how it works. So um, this race should be good, though. I mean, the series is so, so competitive right now, and it's going to be close, but it'll be fun. You've got a new teammate this weekend, and Oliver asks you, what do you know about Oliver's driving from the last year, and have you been able to give him any kind of tips on how the Ed Carpenter cars work anything any advice i mean oliver doesn't need any advice the guy knows how to drive you know what i mean like he's he's obviously a very well qualified driver and um and he's a good kid so like i think uh sadly last last year here we we ran into each other to start because everyone 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 stopped so that was sad um but uh but yeah i mean the guy knows how to drive i mean i it's actually gonna be i'm very curious to see what he has to say from his experience you know obviously at mclaren i think right now they're probably they've probably got the quickest car on the grid um, and so it'll be cool to see, you know, what he feels might be different. Obviously, every driver has to be pretty, you know, you can't say any, you can't say anything. you got to be respectful of each team. I mean, I've done this before. I've gone from team to team, so I know how that works. But it'll be cool to just see what he thinks and, and see, what he, see what he feels. I can't not ask about the mullet. How long does it stand? I mean, honestly, man, it's, it's selling merch. So uh, we, if, if, people, if people like it, driver intros at Detroit Race 2. Uh, a bunch of people shouted, show us the hair, and, uh, and and I did, and it was like a giant cheer. So whatever keeps the electricity going, I mean, it's all about, you know, making people excited, making people excited and selling merch. Awesome, man. Well, best of luck this weekend, and uh, good luck. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. We are now joined by Roman Grosjean, driving the number 51 car this weekend. What's IndyCar been like in the first, uh, you know, you're almost halfway through your, your rookie season. How, how much have you enjoyed it? Yeah, it's been, it's been great fun, you know, from uh, discovering the series to the atmosphere to uh, the racetrack uh, and also fighting for podiums and pole position. Uh, that didn't happen for a long time. So really, um, the experience has been very, very positive. Um, obviously, you always want more. <laughs> but uh, as a rookie, you know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, you just need to take the time. Is it weird being called a rookie in all these interviews? Very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to look ahead to Gateway because I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing you on an oval. If all goes well, do you think that would spring you into a, a full-time 
ride next year and potentially, because I think a lot of people know how strong you are, you would definitely be, in my opinion, a championship contender. So is that excite you at all, or is it kind of stuff we'll just take it as it is as, as Gateway comes and goes, things like that? Yeah, time will tell, uh, I guess. Uh, you know, I think I'm having, I'm having a really good time in IndyCar, and I wouldn't lie if I wouldn't say that I'm looking at doing more here. Uh, and as you say, if you want to win a championship, you need to do all races. But uh, it's a discussion that uh, you know I will have with, with myself and my family, and uh, and then we make decisions uh, depending on opportunities for the future. Uh, but never say never. There you go. I like it. So I'll wrap it up with one more. To uh, to our left here, we have Kevin Magnuson, who's you've been a teammate with for many years. Maybe some people who don't follow Formula One aren't familiar with Kevin. So what can you tell? Uh, IndyCar fans about Kevin, Kevin's driving style, uh, wherever you want to go with that. He's a Viking, that's what I can tell you. <laughs> in the race, he's someone you don't want to have to pass. Yeah. He's, uh, he's really good in the race, he never gives up, he's capable of putting some great stuff out of the car. Uh, we've had an amazing relationship at Haas for many years and uh, I can't wait to see in the car. I know he's been talking to me about IndyCar for a long time, he says he loved the series and uh, he is, he's got, a, he's got a chance to do it, so uh, it's awesome. Were you the first person he probably messaged after uh, after the announcement to start getting getting some uh, tips and tricks? Well, I did message him, uh, <laughs> and uh, he replied and I say, anytime you land in the U.S., come in the bus and I'll take you through what yeah. I can take you through. You know, I, I told him as much as I could, right. uh, but obviously, you know, he needs to put his, his bum in a car and see how it goes. All right, my last question. Uh, it could be a two-parter here. So, first of all, do you like beer? I do like beer, yes. Have you, ever, have you had a chance or have you heard of Spotted Cow? Uh, no, I haven't tried it yet. I heard about it, but I haven't tried it yet. Okay, I'll just say uh, he's not the biggest fan. It is my favorite beer, and they only sell it in Wisconsin. So, um, I think before you head home, I think you must uh, must try it. Well, I'll get one on the road after the race on Sunday. Probably celebrating a win, right? Exactly. That would right. be great. Good luck, man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm with Kevin Magnuson here. Describe the uh, learning curve so far. Yeah, it's a, it's a very steep learning curve. I've never never driven an IndyCar before, uh, never raced at this track, so uh, it's very new and, uh, and there's going to be a lot of uh, stuff to learn. Uh, I'm up for it, you know, I'm excited and uh, grateful for the opportunity. So, uh, How much can you take from the DPI test a couple weeks ago, at least... You know, to be familiar with the track. Yeah, it's, I'm glad I got that. You know, yeah. it's uh, I at least know kind of the feel of the track and uh, I have a bit of a rhythm. Of course, it's not the same car, but it does help. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, we've got two two sessions of 45 minutes. It's not a lot of uh, track time before I need to qualify this thing. But you know, uh, I'm excited about it. I'm ready to go and uh, and uh, looking forward to it. So, kind of throw back a question from a couple of years ago. How close were you to joining Andretti Autosport in around the 2015 time period? Well, I mean, it's hard to really explain how close I was. I uh, I wanted to do it. I was very, uh, I, I, you know, I, I spoke to Andretti, of course. I spoke to Chip Ganassi as well. Uh, I spoke to Ray Hall, and uh, they were all very, very nice and and, and uh, you know, uh, keen keen to go and do something. But but it just didn't happen. It was, uh, I think, it was end of January when I when I approached these guys and. You know, there's no, no time to put together a program. So, um, I've always had an interest in IndyCar. It's always been, uh, I've always been a fan of IndyCar. My dad raced in, in the 90s, and uh, naturally, it's just been part of my, my life. Uh, 
and I'm, I'm very glad to be standing here today. So you've got, like you mentioned, a couple practice sessions before qualifying. What's the, you know, I know this is your first race, but are you pushing with Pato to get as far up in the grid as possible, try to sneak onto the podium? I, you've got a capable teammate that could probably lead you up there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I'm not really, I'm trying not to think of uh, any sort of uh, end result expectations because it's a, uh, it's a big ask to uh, to jump straight into yeah. a car that you've you never driven before. I haven't driven single seaters since uh, the, the end of last year in Formula One, and uh, I think it's good to keep keep expectations under control. <laughs> so uh, I'll just go out and see you know see how I do. I have a lot of confidence in my myself, but uh, you know I don't want to get ahead of, ahead of myself. All right, so I'm assuming you're probably being asked a lot of the same questions. So we'll switch it up here a little bit. Um, so it's about football. So first of all, are you? Um, do you have a personal relationship with Christian Eriksen at all? I mean, what happened to him was very scary. It was very scary. It was uh, scary for for everyone. You know, I can't even imagine how scary it must have been for his close friends and his family. You know, his his wife and his kids were watching. His parents would have watched, would have been watching, and it's not a nice situation. You know, uh, I really feel for for them. For his team, for the rest of the team, you know, the national yeah. team, and uh, it's scary. It it was a terrible situation. But on a positive, uh, have you gotten a chance to watch them? And what are your thoughts about the uh, national team and Euros right now? Yeah, I got a chance to watch them. Of course, it's uh, it's a little difficult to tune in from America, but I've uh, uh, been been supporting, of course, yeah. from over here, and uh, you know, huge huge respect for for the guys still still carrying on and uh, pushing for Denmark and uh, very proud proud to be uh, to be Danish in this situation good luck this weekend man thank you appreciate it thank you joined now by championship leader Pato Award and we were just mentioning before uh, before I hit record that two years ago almost almost to the weekend you were driving for Carlin in Detroit and I think that was your last IndyCar race that year, 2018 or 2019, it was around there. How different does it feel now to go from that situation to you're leading the damn championship? Um, a lot has changed, <laughs> uh, but man, I mean, I uh, I feel like we're we're on a very good path so far. Uh, myself, Aaron McLaren, SP, and, and honestly, the whole group has been has been you know doing their job really well and. Man, this year it's stacked. Yeah. And it's so competitive. And, and now, like, you even see the small teams and, and you know, competing against the, the big teams. And I think that's because everybody has, I think, found it. I've, everybody has found the performance that there is with this Aero Kit and these engines. And um, I feel like what there was to gain five years ago just isn't there anymore. So the gains are very small and you have to, you have to do everything perfectly in terms of the little things in and out laps, pit stops, uh, qualifying well, executing when it comes to going from blacks to reds. Um, so I feel like so far we've been doing a good job of that. But man, there's still so much racing to go. We, we need to keep our head in the game and we need to uh, continue pushing because it's, it's going to be tough beating these Ganassi guys and the Penskis and the Andrettis. I mean, the, the list goes on. Is it almost surreal to look at your name at the top of the leaderboard next to Scott Dixon and Joseph Newgarden and all these guys? Like, do you sometimes wake up and go, like, is this is this actually happening right now? Um. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? 
I mean really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age... You're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. Uh, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, these past few years, you, I mean, as a driver, I've really mentalized as in they are competitors. They are now the people that you have to beat. Um, so honestly, it, it no, it doesn't feel out of the ordinary. You know, it might have maybe three years ago, but um, you know now the reality is that uh, we're competing against them, and these are the guys that we have we, we try and have to well that, that we have to try and beat every single weekend, day in day out. Um, and I feel like so far we've been we've been doing a good job, um, but there's always things that we can improve on, and I mean they're just. They're some of the best in the best. So you really have to be in your A game always. Side note, on all these media conferences, you usually get asked a question or two in Spanish. How many times is that person making fun of somebody else in the media? Because we're always confused. Rarely. Okay. Yeah, they, they usually ask me questions that have already been asked in English. Okay. Yeah, but honestly, yeah, they don't, they don't really they make don't fun us, of, of... They don't make fun of, of, yeah, of the way we're sitting uh, there. I mean... I don't know. My Spanish isn't very good, but I'm pretty sure I heard Taylor Kyle is a punk at some point in your front. Did you say that in Spanish? No. Oh, okay. Dang it. My Spanish isn't very good then. Yeah. Um, you need to recheck that. <laughs> we won't uh, put that in the transcript. No, yeah. Um, so I feel like it's always silly season. No matter. You, can, like, you can't get away from it. Uh, so as far as your plans for the future, are you locked down with McLaren for next year? or is I it am. Okay. Yes. So that's got to be kind of... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in with the team, um, you know... Uh, what's it called? This and next year. Okay. Um, both Felix and I are on the same okay. same kind of plan. 
And then my uh, other question I had to ask you is, uh, so my wife's a huge sushi fan. Oh, yeah? Except for, she doesn't like raw fish in her sushi, but she loves, like, veggie roll kind of things. All right, all right. Do you have one that yeah, I should recommend to her? Cucumber avocado roll. Okay. That's what I have all the time. So, yeah, are you a raw fish guy, too, or no? I, I am, but okay. I, I, I'm, uh, I honestly, um, I eat a lot of vegan meals okay. as much as I can. So, um, when I go to sushi, it's, it's my... Uh, it's my go-to cucumber avocado roll. All right, well, I'll suggest that to her. Pretty good. Awesome. Good luck, man. Thanks, dude. Good luck. Thank you. Joined now by Sebastian Bourdais driving again for the 14 Foyt car. Halfway through uh, your return to full season racing after last year's kind of off and on. Does it feel good to just be in the car week in and week out? Does that help you each race? I mean, I, I think uh, we've obviously had a very shaky uh month of May and uh, you know we, I think we had a good opportunity in Detroit unfortunately things didn't quite pan out the way we wanted so we're definitely a bit behind the eight ball uh, trying to uh, trying to find a little bit better results but uh, yeah we'll, we'll keep digging and uh, doing our thing and uh, hopefully at some point the, the results come it's, it's just so competitive a, a little couple tents here and there and then you know you're running at the front or running mid back so we just we just have to execute and maybe get a bit of a lucky break so you shared your thoughts on the windscreen portion of the aero screen on road courses. I was just wondering if you had a chance to talk to either like you know race control, Jay Fry, or anybody about that, and what the conversation was like. No, there's no conversation. Okay, so it's just you sharing your thoughts, and they don't care. They don't care. All right, I will uh, follow up with you now with your second year with Foyt. Has AJ Foyt, what's, what's one piece of advice that AJ Foyt has given you that's stuck with you for the last year and a half? I think, really, I mean, he's, he's pretty, uh, you know, hands off at this point, but he's, he's obviously a great character. He's awesome to be around. Uh, and we're all trying to perform to, you know, get him the results that he wants and that the team deserves. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, he's, he's been very supportive and that's, that's you know, has been very good to me uh, because... You know, it's obviously you, you hear all the stories of AJ being tough and everything, but he's, he's seeing that everybody's working really hard and, and trying, you know, their best. So, um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard anything negative about it, about anything we've done and just tried, tried to, you know, make things better. He shared some feedback of what he sees and, uh, and uh, yeah, just, just, you know, try and head the boat in the right direction. All right, so I'm a little get-to-know-you question. What is your all-time favorite food? Uh, I'm pretty open. I'm pretty foodie, so I, I don't really have one thing that I go to. I, I very enjoy, uh, very much enjoy international cuisine, whether being like uh, Japanese or Thai or Mexican or you know good old steak. Or so uh, I, I love fish. I love you know, yeah. I, I'm not pinned on on one thing really. Does French cuisine like if you go to a French restaurant in America? Does that compare to a French restaurant in France, or is that like? It depends. I mean, there's not a French restaurant in America, but yeah, there are some very, very good chefs. So uh, for sure, if uh, if you go to Guy Savoy in uh, in, uh, in Vegas or places like that, you're gonna get some gourmet food, and you know, it's just as good anywhere else in the world. So. You had J.R. Hildebrand with you for May, and Charlie Kimball, unfortunately, obviously didn't make the race, but you had him with you. Having four cars for the month of May, how valuable was that? Uh, 
I mean, honestly, just you know, focus on what it is that you do. I think we, we got a couple of uh, interesting reads from from JR and from Charlie. Um, but you know, it's so funny how it is because like everybody thinks that you have a ton of time going in the month of May, and then before you know it, the the prep week is over and, and you're in the thick of it, and you're not necessarily super happy with your call. We knew we knew we didn't have the fastest thing out there, and, and it proved true, but. You know, there was definitely a good opportunity in the race to finish in the top 10 and unfortunately we picked a strategy and the fuel saving strategy wasn't wasn't it. Scott was the best of the survivors and finished 18th so unfortunately you know it's just uh, just the way it is you know sometimes uh, you have to make a bet on the future and uh, there was no yellow and nothing saved us so uh, um, you know we were all along we were playing with Sage and, and, and uh, Ed and they finished fifth and seventh so there's definitely a few regrets there but it, it is in the and uh, yeah as far as you know going from two to four cars it's a lot of stress on the team um, I think you know in, in some ways it helps some ways it hurts but uh, overall it was good to work with those guys and then finally uh, silly season I feel like we're kind of there how does, how does next year looking for you uh, I don't know I mean, um, yeah, you'd have to ask uh, Larry I think uh, you obviously want to continue with the team next year you think if the, yeah, the I mean, opportunity uh, presents itself if uh, if they want me to continue so, to help you know rebuild and but i feel like we need to we need to deliver you know we need we need to not just be there here and there and, and show that the, the pace is going up and stuff but you know at the end of the day nobody really cares about reasons or excuses it's all about results and uh and right now we we've, we seem to start pretty well and we had you know good things going st pete barber and all and yeah, since then it's been difficult. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can, you know, help the situation by getting some good results. Awesome, man. Well, best of luck this weekend. Last summer, you told Matt to have some eel. I was literally gonna ask that. Oh no. You punk. <laughs> so Matt has not eaten no. eel yet. Where do I even find it? I don't know. I mean, on a <laughs> Japanese restaurant you. for sure, but uh, it's not that tough. So if I walk it. into a Japanese restaurant, they'll be like, oh yeah, here you go. You have to go to a Japanese restaurant, not a non-Japanese restaurant. Not like yeah. Panda Express. No. <laughs> yeah, if you go to Panda Express and you're like, oh, you have a nagi, they are probably going to look you. Yes, we, I mean, we don't, we don't pre-plan this, but... Yeah. I, I had no idea. Like, literally just thought of it as you walked over here. But that was like... Almost a year ago, right? Yeah, it was, I think it was a year ago after Road America. And things I know. Well, he hasn't watched Star Wars yet, which Jack Harvey gets mad at him about. So I guess this will be my thing that I have to own. Yeah. So I'll I'll get to it. I promise. Wait, I don't I don't trust him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I you trust him? Like it's it's shaky. I mean, he lost a bet like four months ago where he had to eat a chunk of blue cheese. And has he succeeded on the bet yet? No, he has not. But so we're not going to trust him anymore. Yeah. That's yeah. It's all right. We know now the well, type of person you are. I don't, I don't trust myself half the time. So okay, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, well, I'm going to be honest with you for a second. In our preseason recording, I was a little worried about you stepping into the number 10 car, not because of you, but because that number 10 car has kind of been cursed lately. It seems like everybody gets in that car, the results aren't really there. One point off the championship, P2 at Indy 500, got your first win and your first race Ganassi. It's got it pretty awesome, right? So do you trust it now? So, yeah. Oh, okay, you have full confidence? Yeah, so, oh, no. You're like, like going into weekend now and like fantasy indie cards, like, blow, blow, blow. Okay, that's good then. That's good to know. Yeah, I mean, I understand. And, and obviously, after last year, which was good year, but not super awesome year, 
Um, there was a lot of people that didn't really trust it 100%, but there was one guy that trusted, and that was Chip, and, and that's all that matters. I knew I could do it, and, and I had the tools. So I had the tools, and I had my all my teammates that I was able to learn from them. So it's been good so far. It's not that we've done it. I mean, we have to go to the championship at the end and fight for it. But, uh, yeah, we had a good start so far, and hopefully we can keep it going. Make a chip look really smart is what you're doing. Well, he, I mean, he looks, right? And he, he knows how to win championships, win races, and, and get good cars. So he gave me the opportunity that nobody ever gave me, like giving me a championship winning car. And now we got to do it. So uh, we've been good so far, but yeah, we got to finish it at the end. So you're learning from some guys who have done this a few times. Scott Dixon, Marcus Erickson, who's been around for a few years, but specifically Dixon. No matter what happens, bad luck turns into good luck for Scott. Have you been able to, you know, talk to him, learn from him, any sort of information that you can glean that will help you not just, you know, this weekend or this year, but, you know, further down the line as your as your career goes on? Yeah, I mean, Scott, yeah, there's a lot of people that say that he always has good luck, like Detroit on the yeah. start. But, I mean, he knows how much how he can get to the limit or how he can go without risking it 100% and that's what we see like he is always there and he's always able to come back and and it's it's amazing to be able to see that from the inside for me so I've been asking him a lot of questions I've been seeing all the data all the videos from him I've been listening all the time so I think I'm learning a lot but uh, still the man it's it's Scott Dixon and and he's he's always there he's always there even when he has a bad weekend like in the road course he was starting I don't know where and then he was able to go there and finish on, on the top 10 which is what you need to win a championship so um, yeah he's, he's the man and it's amazing to have him as, as my teammate alright so even though we have trust issues we, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to talk to Cody Ware yet uh, but oh, here yeah uh, but you know you obviously have a lot of you know Japanese culture that you enjoy just wondering he's a big anime guy no way. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't know if you had like any anime because I, I asked him like what anime I should suggest to my brother. So I don't know if you're into that. Or... I, I'm not really into that. Um, I, you should watch one anime that it's about uh, a racing driver okay. and it's named Capeta, I think. I, I'll, I'll shoot you a text with the name. Okay. But I think it's Capeta. Um, and it's a story in anime, the story of a, a young driver that starts in go-karting and it ends up in like Formula One or Formula whatever. That's quite cool, but I'm not really into anime. Okay. I spend a lot of time there and I, I really like enjoy watching what people is able to do with anime, but I don't really okay. follow a lot of no anime. Awesome. Well, best of luck this weekend, man. Thank you, guys. We are now joined by the legendary Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy, welcome to IndyCar and Road America. Have you gotten to test here yet? I did. We came... Uh, two Wednesdays ago, I believe. Okay. So just after the 500, uh, I was able to come here and spend a full day. What did you think about the track and how did testing go? I had a great time. Uh, what a facility. I've always dreamed of racing on this track. And sadly, through my NASCAR career, Cup never came to the track. I watched with envy every time the Xfinity Series would race here and really any series. So to now be here is super cool. So I want to personally say that your progress this year has been excellent. And you can, you're clearly making the stride and it's really looking good. 
Some people on Twitter don't agree. And uh, Simon Pagino and Alexander Rossi even got to the point where they were defending you last week. And I know the answer is no, that you don't really take stock of maybe what people are saying online. But are you happy with your progress so far, despite what some of the keyboard warriors might be saying online? I hate I missed all that on Twitter. I would have jumped in. <laughs> you know, I... My give-a-shit meter broke a long time ago about the Keyboard Warriors. Um, you know, they're welcome to say whatever they want. I mean, I, I've been upfront and honest with everyone on this journey. This, this is for me. You know, if, if the fans don't think I need to be out there, that's cool. That's their opinion. I know there are many that do. Um, I'm making big strides and honestly having the time of my life. And I'm really enjoying this experience in IndyCar. I think Rossi's wording was, to the, a reply, was this is a really bad tweet or something like that. When someone's like... Why does Johnson get a free pass? It's like, shut up. I have to thank him for, uh, for sticking up for him. That's cool. Yeah, so it was a very good, to the point, reply that we've, I mean, we, we agree with him as well, but what's it, you know, when, before the season started, you obviously had a set of expectations on how it would go. How has this lived up to your expectations you know, eight, halfway through the season so far? Experience-wise, it has been greater than what I had hoped for. These cars are beasts, and the regulars make it look easy to drive one, and hats off to them. Uh, so I've loved every lap that I have made. The venues, the experience, the vibe, the cultural differences and, you know, between IndyCar and NASCAR, it's all been a, a really cool change. The only thing that's kind of caught me out is just how different these cars are than what I grew up driving. And I thought I would. I thought my starting point would have been like where I am now, and I'm just now there. So I still have a long road ahead of myself, but enjoying every minute of it. And then my last question: I've asked a couple other guys this. Uh, are you a beer guy at all? Absolutely. I lived in Wisconsin for two full years and three summers, and I, I felt like. I just came with the territory, and I got pretty good at it. So I know you're not to ask you about Spotted Cow then? Like, I'm familiar with. I have not had any. Oh, my god! The guys here at the track, when I um, when I was here testing, said they were going to give me a six-pack for the ride home, and, and I I didn't get it. So I need to hit them up for that six-pack. All right. Yeah. Best of luck this weekend. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Thanks man. Yeah. Thank you. Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 